Our reading this evening is Jeremiah chapter 32, which you can find on page 660 in your pew Bibles. Jeremiah chapter 32. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar. At that time, the army of the king of Babylon was besieging Jerusalem, and Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the guard that was in the palace of the king of Judah. For Zedekiah, king of Judah, had imprisoned him, saying, Why do you prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am giving this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall capture it. Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape out of the hand of the Chaldeans, but shall surely be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and shall speak with him face to face, and see him eye to eye. And he shall take Zedekiah to Babylon, and there he shall remain until I visit him, declares the Lord. Though you fight against the Chaldeans, you shall not succeed. Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came to me. Behold, Hanamel, the son of Shalom, your uncle, will come to you and say, Buy my field, that is at Anathoth, for the right of redemption by purchase is yours. Then Hanamel, my cousin, came to me in the court of the guard, in accordance with the word of the Lord, and said to me, Buy my field, that is at Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, for the right of possession and redemption is yours. Buy it for yourself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. And I bought the field at Anathoth from Hanamel, my cousin, and weighed out the money to him, 17 shekels of silver. I signed the deed, sealed it, got witnesses, and weighed the money on scales. Then I took the sealed deed of purchase containing the terms and conditions and the open copy, and I gave the deed of purchase to Baruch, the son of Neriah, son of Maseah, in the presence of Hanamel, my cousin, in the presence of the witnesses who signed the deed of purchase, and in the presence of all the Judeans who were sitting in the court of the guard. I charged Baruch in their presence, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these deeds both this sealed deed of purchase and this open deed, and put them in an earthenware vessel that they may last for a long time. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. After I had given the deed of purchase to Baruch, the son of Neriah, I prayed to the Lord, saying, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power, And by your outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. You show steadfast love to thousands, but you repay the guilt of fathers to their children after them. O great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts, great in counsel and mighty in deed, whose eyes are open to all the ways of the children of man, rewarding each one according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds. You have shown signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, And to this day in Israel and among all mankind, and have made a name for yourself as at this day. You brought your people Israel out of the land of Egypt with signs and wonders, with a strong hand and outstretched arm, and with great terror. And you gave them this land, which you swore to their fathers to give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they entered and took possession of it, but they did not obey your voice or walk in your law. They did nothing of all you commanded them to do. 
Therefore you have made all this disaster come upon them. Behold, the siege mounds have come up to the city to take it. And because of sword and famine and pestilence, the city is given into the hands of the Chaldeans who are fighting against it. What you spoke has come to pass, and behold, you see it. Yet you, O Lord God, have said to me, Buy the field for money and get witnesses, though the city is given into the hands of the Chaldeans. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I am giving this city into the hands of the Chaldeans and into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall capture it. The Chaldeans who are fighting against the city shall come and set the city on fire and burn it with the houses on whose roofs offerings have been made to Baal and drink offerings have been poured out to other gods to provoke me to anger. For the children of Israel and the children of Judah have done nothing but evil in my sight from their youth. The children of Israel have done nothing but provoke me to anger by the work of their hands, declares the Lord. This city has aroused my anger and wrath from the day it was built to this day, so that I will remove it from my sight because of all the evil of the children of Israel and the children of Judah that they did to provoke me to anger, their kings and their officials, their priests and their prophets, the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They have turned to me their back and not their face. And though I have taught them persistently, they have not listened to receive instruction. They set up their abominations in the house that is called by my name to defile it. They built the high places of Baal in the valley of the son of Hinnom to offer up their sons and daughters to Molech, though I did not command them, nor did it enter into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city, of which you say, it is given into the hand of the king of Babylon by sword, by famine, and by pestilence. Behold, I will gather them from all the countries to which I drove them in my anger and my wrath and in great indignation. I will bring them back to this place, and I will make them dwell in safety. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all my soul. For thus says the Lord, Just as I have brought all this great disaster upon this people, so I will bring upon them all the good that I promised them. Fields shall be bought in this land, of which you are saying, It is a desolation without man or beast. It is given into the hand of the Chaldeans. Fields shall be bought for money, and deeds shall be signed and sealed and witnessed. In the land of Benjamin, in the places about Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, in the cities of the hill country, in the cities of the Shephelah, in the cities of the Negeb, for I will restore their fortunes, declares the Lord. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That was a long lesson.
And maybe it was easy to get lost in there, so here, let's review some of the history and let's make the story straight. In the 10th year of Zedekiah, that's what happened today. In the 10th year of Zedekiah, all of this took place. Last week, we heard about something that took place in the 4th year of Zedekiah. That story about Jeremiah wearing a yoke and a false prophet coming along and breaking that yoke, saying this burden, the burden of Babylon, that foreign army that has conquered Jerusalem, this burden will be broken in just two years. In two years, God's people will return to their home city. That's what the false prophet said. And Jeremiah, remember, said, I wish it were so. Wouldn't that be great if it were so? But God has said, not two years But 70 years, 70 years, his people were to bear the discipline of the Lord. 70 years, not two. And that false prophet was struck dead for trying to mislead the people, to give them a false hope and a false comfort. That's what happened last week in the fourth year of Zedekiah. Zedekiah was a king who was kind of a puppet. Nebuchadnezzar had conquered Babylon, conquered Jerusalem, and had taken away all kinds of people, chiefs and rulers and a king. He'd taken them away to Babylon and he had exiled them and he set up a puppet in their place, Zedekiah, who was to do his bidding in Jerusalem. The land was desolate. There weren't many people left. And whoever was left were the weak and the poor. And Zedekiah was their king, just doing the bidding of Nebuchadnezzar. And in the fourth year of Zedekiah... Jeremiah wore this yoke. You need to bear the burden of the Lord's discipline. And Hananiah, the false prophet, had said, no, just two years and we'll be returned to normal. That was the fourth year of Zedekiah. This is now the tenth year of Zedekiah. And things have been continuing quite as they were, except in this way, ten years of being Nebuchadnezzar's puppet and Zedekiah had had enough. I don't really like this job ruling over Jerusalem, ruling over Judea, and just doing Nebuchadnezzar's bidding. And so he rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was bigger and stronger, and his army was mightier. And so Nebuchadnezzar marched the army of Babylon to Jerusalem and besieged it, and camped all around it, and cut off all supply lines, and anyone going in or out would be killed. He besieged the city of Jerusalem for a long time, for a year and a half, maybe longer, two years It was a long time that he besieged Jerusalem, and conditions were miserable. This is one of the worst sieges in the history of the world, one of the worst recorded sieges in the history of the world. Things were terrible. It's impossible for us to imagine how awful that would be, to have all supplies cut off and no hope, no resources, just sitting and waiting inside the walls of your ruined city. That's what it was like for the people of Israel. That's what it was like when Zedekiah rebelled. And that that is what it was like when God spoke to Jeremiah and said, I want you to go and buy a field. I want you to buy a field from your cousin, a field in the city of Anathoth, which was just outside the walls of Jerusalem, just a few miles away. And if you can picture what that was like, imagine the army of Babylon encamped around the city. What would they do? How would they waste the entire surrounding area? It would have been desolate, utterly destroyed. The people of Anathoth were carried off to Babylon, and when they return later, 70 years later, only 128 of them come back. There was nothing. There was nothing. And that field certainly looked like a wasteland. Hopeless. What can grow there? 
Who could ever cultivate it? When could I occupy it? What good will it do for me? It belongs to the Babylonians. And yet God told Jeremiah, I want you to go and buy that field. Jeremiah was a dutiful prophet. And he did just as God commanded. And you heard how he did it. He did it in the sight of everyone. He gathered his witnesses and he wrote out a proper deed. And he gathered together all of the people so that they could see that this was taking place. And you can imagine the kinds of things that they would have been saying about Jeremiah. He is out of his mind. What a fool to be buying a field at a time like this. He must have just been out of his mind, off his rocker. He lost it. He finally lost it, that crazy prophet buying a field under these conditions. Jeremiah bought the field, and God said, there will come a time when fields will be bought again. But Jeremiah wondered about it, and you heard how he wondered. He asked God a question. He says, look, Lord, I know that nothing is too hard for you. You're the mighty God. I know the story about how you brought your people out of Egypt, how you rescued them, how you sent the plagues on that land, how you drowned Pharaoh and his army, how you led them to the wilderness, and you brought them to this promised land. But I also know, dear Lord, that you have threatened your people with destruction, with disaster, because they have disobeyed you. And they've worshipped false gods. I know all of that. And I know that I can see the army of Babylon and that everything you said was going to happen to them. That is now what is happening to them. And this land is ruined. And you told them to lay down roots in Babylon. And you told them to go with Nebuchadnezzar and not to put up a fight. You told them to do all of that. And now you're asking me to buy a field. Why would I do that? Why, dear Lord, would I buy a field? And God answers Jeremiah just the way he always answers anyone who questions him in this way. Has my arm been shortened? Is anything too tough for me? Have my words ever failed to come true? It is the case that this city is ruined and these people are ruined and this land is desolate and that Nebuchadnezzar has everything in his power. It's true, and that is because my people rebelled against me, and they did these wicked, terrible things, offering even their children as sacrifices on altars to false gods, and they are getting exactly what I said was coming to them. But remember, God says, how I do my work. Remember, God says, how I called you, Jeremiah. In the first chapter of Jeremiah, God called him to be a prophet and to speak his word to his people. And he said to Jeremiah, you're going to have to have a stern, sturdy forehead to just work. Your head is going to have to be harder than their heads. And you're going to have to speak words that are harsh and difficult to hear, but you have to keep on doing it. Because here's what I'm about, God says. This is what I'm about. This is my business. It is to destroy and pluck up and tear down. It is to ruin those who rebel against me. It is to bring them to nothing, to lay them low, to humble them, to take those who are proud and lofty and full of themselves and to show them what they really are. It's to take plants that think that they are strong and worth something and to pull them right out of the ground. That's what I am about, God says. But I am also about this, not just plucking up and tearing down and destroying, but also this, to build and to plant. It isn't my will, God says, just to destroy. I take no delight in the death of a sinner. I take no delight in seeing my city of peace 
the city of my presence, the place where I dwell in mercy for my people. I take no delight in seeing that brought to nothing. I take no delight in the abominations of the Babylonians. I take no delight in any of these things. But here's what I delight in, God says. I delight when my people trust in me. When they hear my word and they hope in my promises. Not in their own plans or their own conspiring or their own hopes and dreams. Not when they trust in the lies of false prophets, when they trust in things that idols offer them but cannot deliver. That's not what I delight in. Instead, I delight in this. When, in spite of what they see all around them, they hear my word and they hold it fast. I delight in this, that when they look all around them and they see destruction and dismay and terror on every side and hopelessness, I delight when they hear my voice. And they recognize my promises and they know that I am on their side and that even when destruction comes their way, it is because I love them. And I want them to repent and turn from their wickedness. I want them to repent and turn from the way that is leading them straight into hell. I want them to live. And so, Jeremiah, I asked you to buy that field as a sign of something unbelievable. It was a sign that there would come a day when I would bring my people back. I would bring them back from exile. And this city that now is laid waste, this city that is without hope, that is full of terror and horror and wickedness, this city would be rebuilt. And that field that you've bought, that field would be fruitful again. That's why I've asked you to buy that field, because otherwise, how will they believe it? Unless someone believes something crazy, unless someone does something unbelievable, how will they believe it? And so, Jeremiah, I've appointed you to be the crazy one, to do the thing that no one else would dare to do. I've asked you to do that, Jeremiah, so that my faithful can see and believe. And Jeremiah is a trusty man. He does what the Lord says, and the people see it. And though there are not many who believe God's promises, although there are a majority who rebel and won't listen, there are some who cling to this hope that God's word is true and that he loves them and that he means for them life and salvation and not destruction and death and that he is their God and they are his people and he will do anything for them. And that is the lesson for you and for me as well. You can take your pick from the kind of destruction and dismay that you might see around you, whether it's the state of the world or the state of your family, or the state of your workplace, or just the condition of your own heart. Look around and see. If it doesn't look like Jerusalem, besieged on every side by an enemy who is threatening to tear it down and lay it waste and lay it into the grave, just see if that's not the world we live in, and yet hear God's promises. He says, I am yours and you are mine. And I want you to store up for yourselves treasures believing that these treasures will not be taken away from you. I want you to hope in my word, in my promises, in what I have offered to you, and not in the things of this world. I want you to place your trust in the forgiveness of sins, won by Christ on the cross. I want you to believe his size. I want you to believe his petition on your behalf. Father, forgive them. I want you to see his resurrected body. And see in his resurrection, your own resurrection. I know that all around you, it looks like it will never happen. I know that all around you, all you see is graves and dead bodies. But that is not the future for you. 
The future for you is hope and life and salvation. And so God says to you, buy a field. Place your stock in my word, in my promises. No one else is doing it, but you do that. You hold fast to that and believe. God's word has never been broken. It's never failed. It's never fallen to the ground. It's always accomplished what he set it out to do. And today, his word means to save you. So listen and hold fast. Do not despair, but rejoice that God has seen fit to give such great promises to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.